Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. Center of the Galaxy, this is the Force Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of The Big Show, the main show, the big giant anthology collection of books on our bookshelf of Star Wars stories. That's right. We're here, and I'm joined by Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa. I like thinking of us as a collection of books. We're each your own separate <laughs> novel, but we're in an anthology. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. And I mentioned books because today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at this very special URL, audibletrial.com slash 
4Center, www.audibletrial.com slash 4Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Joseph, it's available on iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, tape deck, not yet. Yeah, I own like three of those things, (laughs) so I could go crazy. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Check that out, guys. More on that in a bit. But we want to dive in to a discussion we talked a little bit on the news last week when we were talking about Solo. Jennifer, you ran that story of George Lucas headed to the set of Solo, A Star Wars Story. He stayed for five hours. Mm-hmm. And now it leads us to some questions about George Lucas and Star Wars. What do you think about this? I just, I would love for him to come back. Just just one. Just one. Do oh, I wow. ever think it would ever happen? Nah. Nah. No, but I nah. could see him popping in on another set. Yeah, I don't know. Consulting set? with Dave Filoni on something else. Filoni mm-hmm. makes yeah, some sense. Trust there. Mm-hmm. Directing Obi Wan. I don't know, mm-hmm. but Joseph, <laughs> you're going to lead us through a great discussion today about George Lucas and his Episode Nine. What could have been? What might be? Yeah, we don't know. And a lot of this comes from the art of Last Jedi, which made it kind of clear that George's fingerprints are still on Episode Seven and Eight. Yeah, I was so delighted when that news came out that this uh thing that we had all kind of been really talking about oh will we ever get to know what was in george lucas's mysterious outlines for <laughs> seven eight and nine and then just casually in our last shot i was like oh the, his his uh outline was actually quite similar to what we're doing so far yeah the, <laughs> yeah. the big picture stuff <laughs> some of the stuff that is controversial to fans <laughs> it's totally uh, george's ideas yeah that blew my mind yep because it confirmed that Lucas was interested in the general trajectory of the story. Yeah. That is a story of the old generation passing off to the new generation. There's a story of the old generation facing that they had made some failures. Right. As they uh, passed things on to the new generation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a confirmation that he was definitely interested very directly in the cycle of Mm -hmm. things repeat themselves, which shouldn't be a surprise. What with his poetry loving. But what made me really excited is since the broad strokes, Hmm from uh, uh, seven and eight are from Lucas. What does that mean for nine for sure? Yeah. Like George Lucas isn't going to direct episode nine. Mm-hmm. I don't even think he'll visit the set. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, no. maybe he'll visit the set. Maybe he is warming up. Maybe Lucasfilm is warming up, but it says to me that JJ Abrams is not just playing with an entirely blank page, yeah. that there's a big picture shape of things that might have come from George himself. Mm-hmm. So it makes it really interesting to me to predict nine coming from that perspective. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to start our conversation really quick by reviewing for anybody who hasn't read Art of the Last Jedi or has maybe read uh, some misleading headlines, basically what we know. <laughs> so this is from Art of the Last Jedi, along with the other great source of news uh, about Star Wars, people poking Pablo Hidalgo on Twitter oh boy. and him confirming or denying things. So <laughs> he did confirm and deny some things. So yeah. here are the big parts of the sequel trilogy arc so far that we know were already uh, intended by George Lucas uh, when he handed over the company, that there was going to be a young Jedi killer mm-hmm. that uh, became Kylo Ren, and that it was going to be revealed that this Jedi killer was Han and Leia's son, that uh, it was planned that Han was going to die in the first film, that the Jedi killer was going to betray Luke and destroy the other Jedi, and this was going to drive Luke into into seclusion, and a young hero, a young Jedi hero, who eventually became Rey, would find him. Uh, She would get some training from him, but uh, she would help him even more, Mm -hmm. bring him back to uh, his sense of heroism and bring him back into the fight. 
And now there's some different conflicting stuff out there about uh, how some of this, like most of this was in the episode seven outline. Right. And that that was one of the major changes that J.J. Uh, Abrams and all of the screenwriters of Force Awakens made of moving some of that into eight. So Han mm-hmm. had a little bit more of a, a clear path of just being the hero. Yeah. So knowing that that's as much of the shape of it. Right. What, what are your just general feelings and reactions and emotions to that? I mean, I, good, all good. Because when I saw that stuff in The Last Jedi, The Art of the Last Jedi book, The Temple, and Doug Chang's talking about, oh, yeah, George, that, that would get the George seal of approval. And that's yeah. what we were trying for. It made me excited, and it makes me feel a little more at ease. Will we ever truly know? That's the big question, right? Well, let's, let's just take that aside and not worry about that right now. Will we ever really know what George fully intended? This outline and the stuff confirmed here makes me excited that this, that, that we would have got something similar. And then maybe that debate can end. And then also, I think, you know, you talk about the prequels and our problems with some of it, you know, like that George didn't have, Rick McCallum didn't tell him no enough, right? Or yeah. that's mm-hmm. the thought. This sounds like someone got this story and went, ooh, great, but this is at least two movies. Yeah. And let's, <laughs> let's give it some room to breathe because what you're describing here now, I don't know what you think, Jennifer, is a lot of stuff, but you've got a Jedi killer revealed to be a son who turns on Luke. Luke goes into hiding. Another Jedi finds him and trains that that's a lot. That's yeah. a packed movie. And I like that it can be much like George did originally. That's what he did originally. I yeah. got one great movie. Let me make it three right. and tell everyone I have nine. Um, so <laughs> overall, though, really positive. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Jennifer? Me too. I, f- I felt vindicated because it felt to me like, yeah, I love I love The Force Awakens. It felt like a, a Star Wars film. It felt true to the, the existing saga. So knowing that it kind of followed George's beats, I was like, ah, I knew I had a reason for feeling like it <laughs> felt that way. <laughs> you know, haha, haters. Um, mm. No, but it, it was really... Yeah, it made me feel good. And it made me curious to know mm-hmm. what other things has he, you know, is going to happen in, in eight yeah. that he left behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to me, it, 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 uh, uh, it made me incredibly happy because, yeah, it made me feel like, well, the spirit of Star Wars is still there mm-hmm. in that these are some of the logical places to go with this story and that everybody who looks at it goes like, yeah, it should go in that general direction. But more than anything, it made me feel like the ongoing debate that we'll have about The Force Awakens mm-hmm. is not about the bones. It's about the skin. Right. Like, mm-hmm. if there's going to be a Jedi killer and he's going to team up with uh, some new evil government organization, George Lucas hates organizations, so right. there still would have been something like the First Order, but I bet they wouldn't have looked like old stormtroopers. Right. They would have looked yeah. like maybe crazy space armored ninjas, yeah. who yeah. knows, <laughs> and Poe po Dameron character, a Poe Dameron-like character might have developed but maybe he would have been flying the the Watchmen wing, yeah. not a not oh. exactly an X wing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, also, I, right. I also don't think Poe Dameron and Finn would have been maybe in the story or as big. Uh, not that Lucas would have kept them out, but if if there's so much else shoved in there, yeah, mm-hmm. that I think the focus would have still been on Luke, Leia, Han, and maybe that's what people would want. But the new these new characters wouldn't have had room to breathe. Yeah, right. yeah, and there is mention of a character who developed into Finn, but that's right. really who, who knows exactly what that is. So, Ken, you were you were talking about this mm-hmm. about how much that is for one movie. Yeah, it's fascinating to think about this from the perspective of the prequels, where mm-hmm. George had a lot of story he wanted to tell. I think Revenge of the Sith is a tighter movie because he had to finish telling these stories. And even with that, he's got those great quotes that are like, this is the reason 
I love George Lucas. I respect him. And I also see his flaws and uh, am entertained by his humanity, where he talks about part of the reason I want to do this entire prequel trilogy is to see seven battles on seven worlds to really see the Clone Wars. Yeah. And I finally got to making that last third one. It's like, oh, I don't have any time to do the reason <laughs> that I did this. Yes. Uh, so yes. looking at it from that frame of mind where he got distracted by shiny things where he's like, you know what? I do want to tell the origin story of Boba Fett. Yeah. Do you think if he had went and made these, do you think he would have been distracted by shiny things and the story would have changed? Yeah, mm. I, I think I think so. And it's... Uh, it's weird, too, because I think one of my critiques of the, the prequels that I love is squish one and two together a little bit. Yeah. Squish them together. Give that more time that Lucas ran, of, ran out of. Uh, because, again, Ara Singh might have, we thought she was going to show up again. You know, we had heard rumors of that. Again, this is a different time. And fandom, you had to go like get a magazine and read some of these rumors <laughs> at times. Paper um, cuts. Yeah. We, we, oh, we're gonna, you're going to learn why Qui-Gon didn't uh, disappear when he died. We, we didn't really until later on. Um, so uh, he had too much time. And so I think in seven, if he had put all this together, yeah, the story, you know, maybe, I don't know, we might have also got more politics, you know? I Yeah, I think that uh, for sure. I, I don't think he would have kept it just this tight story of, of starting a new generation. Yeah. How do you think it, it would have, uh, what do you think might have caught George Lucas's eye as he was telling this story and dis- maybe distracted him is maybe an unfair term, but, right. you know, start start adding some uh, sprinkles on top of the cake. Well, the, the technology and how amazing yeah. this new technology is. Ooh. And he would be caught up and excited to, to use that and not show it off, but really kind of show it off for these characters or planets or whatever it might be. And maybe f- forgetting um, the the meat and potatoes of the story. Yeah, um, that's where I think you might get a little a little lost. But I think it would look really cool. Yeah. I think it would have been exciting to see. That's a great answer. Yeah, like it, maybe instead of Ray being also on a desert planet that is different from Tatooine, right. maybe it would have been the planet that is all one big cave or some mm-hmm. incredibly right. weird <laughs> space thing. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, or it might have been Tatooine. You know, yeah, yeah. he just sure. might not have been able to get away right. from that planet. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, he might have been a little bit more on the nose or a little bit crazy. That's the great thing about George. You, you, as much as you can try to predict him, yeah, you don't know which way he's gonna go. Yeah. Right. Uh, a thing that I've been thinking about a lot that uh, I think is a choice for the filmmakers and I think what really sets the sequel trilogy apart and might be one of the reasons for some of the concerns about it is exactly how do you balance, how much do you spend time with the older generation Mm -hmm. versus the new generation? It's always been in the Star Wars story, but it's easy to make Obi-Wan in one movie and then he pops up for some advice. Right. That's different than Han, Luke, and Leia. Yeah. So how do you think that it would be different uh, that balance. Yeah. I, I think, I think it would have been, I actually think it would have been similar just ever, you know, let's just let's assume Poe and Finn in some form were there. Yeah. I think it would have been similar to what we see now, but I, I in, in a way, I think it might've happened sooner. I could see Luke being kind of not tossed aside, but going more quickly to a straight ahead Obi-Wan role. Yeah. Than, than what we got now, you know, an entire movie with Luke as, as a driving force. I, I think we would have got that, but you know what I mean? Like, I think, I think George wouldn't have been afraid to go, Hey, here, we got the, we got these new faces in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you think he would have moved along to the new I think he pretty would've. quickly. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you're agreeing, Jennifer? Absolutely, 100%. I think he would have moved to to the adventure and and mm-hmm. and that side of it with these young with these young heroes. And uh, I think that although I do kind of wonder if he would have had Luke have a great fight scene. If he would have given him that. Like I mean, well, obviously yeah. he had a great fight scene, but I mean like I guess changes character. A literal so that, lightsaber fight, that, that, yes, which is what a lot of people want. Which is what people wanted yeah. where and maybe he wouldn't have been as reluctant to come back, he would have been like, you know, ah, dusting off the... Okay, I will come back. You're right, Ray. And maybe more of that straightforward hero that a lot of fans wanted to see. Yeah. um, Yeah. As opposed to this conflicted character that, you know, is is upset about his failure and, and depressed. I don't think we would have necessarily seen that side of Luke had George had his hand. I think that's such a great point because it points to his strengths and his weaknesses, George Lucas's, in the prequels. Like we talk about a lot, loving the idea, but not always the execution. Mm -hmm. So I can see him having this idea in his head of Luke is incredibly conflicted. So this new young hero, Ray, brings him out of it. And for George Lucas, that's two scenes. Mm. And right. for, a, in my opinion, a great storyteller like Ryan Johnson, like, whoa, 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 no, that's half the movie in order yes. to truly tell that story well, which goes back to some of the critiques of the prequels. Yeah, and, and also you talk about well, Ryan. Yeah, that to me is a little bit of modern storytelling of mm-hmm. these shades of gray we love. And, and again, I connected with the message of The Last Jedi, which is the failure, um, the past not keeping on their success all the time or yeah. looking back and go, we didn't do 100%. It, it, and I get that's darker tones. I think George, in his preaching to the 12-year-old looking at the galaxy for the first time as, an, as a young adult, might have given Luke a little bit more of a, I'm out here hiding maybe more than secluding myself. Maybe I need to hide mm. from the Jedi killer and I can't defeat him, but you can help me defeat him. Okay, let's go get him, kid. Yeah. That, I mean, that might have been yeah. true. That makes sense because, you know, in the original trilogy, it's a little bit more elegant that the elders, Yoda and and the Emperor, don't have lightsabers. Right. And then you come to the prequels and, you know, granted <laughs> the characters are younger, be like, no, no, yeah. they got laser swords and they flip a lot. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we might have seen a more... <laughs> A more uh, a more flippin' Luke. <laughs> and you know what else too? The the performance that we got from uh, Mark Hamill. I mean, to, in my opinion, is like Oscar worthy. I yes. think that he turned in a fantastic performance, and that really is because of also his director and the fact that they did collaborate on the story. And he went to Ryan Johnson and was like, "Ho ho, wait a minute, ho. Why why is my character doing this?" He really, you know, they worked together yeah. on figuring out the character's motivations. I don't think he would have gotten that kind of directing with mm-hmm. George because George is just not that, that type of director. No, right. he doesn't He no. doesn't enjoy talking to no. actors. That's <laughs> no. not a... That's I mean, socially, thing. he seems okay with it. But right. yeah. you know what? The one thing I do want to say that absolutely would be there what? is Luke's uh, uh, taking it to the Jedi. Luke's being upset that <gasps> yes. he failed. Yes. You know, I, I love that that's in The Last Jedi because that is a... a fulfilling the promise of the storytelling of the prequels. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, yep. Luke has always meant that as a criticism that they are cold and dogmatic. Right. So yeah. I think him calling him out for letting Darth Sidious uh, overtake them, total Lucas yeah, stuff. That, yeah, that Luke speech, it, it, to me, is is the big prequel moment for us people yeah. in Last Jedi. Mm. It is Luke going, look at what they did wrong. Look at this. And I, that comes from a very George place. Yeah. 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 So now that we talked a little bit about the past of what we've already seen in The Force Awakens The Last Jedi, I want to go to the new, to the future. Mm-hmm. And I've got a series of questions about, given what we know about Lucas's personality, yeah. his beliefs, what are some predictions 
for episode nine. Well, there's going to be a big rock concert at Maz Gannett's Basel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big, yeah, big, yeah, one. yeah. Like very, very Lady Gaga esque, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Something there. very new, new music like <laughs> that would frustrate and annoy some Star Wars fans. <laughs> Jedi rocks too. Jedi <laughs> rocks harder. J- Jabba Boogie f- to <laughs> the Jedi rocks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have some thoughts on this. I'll, yeah, I'll go first, and then. I think one of the things that I'm most fascinated with about George Lucas and tracks through his life so much is his distrust of organizations, that he Mm -hmm. is such a humanist who believes in the spirit of the rebel. Mm -hmm. You go your own way, you find your own way, you do your own thing, and that comes up again and again in Star Wars, even in the Clone Wars, when he gets to tell more story he really spent some time on this very human story of like, well, what does it mean to be clones? They're really humans, right? right? And they're kind of being used and thrown away by this government system, this organization. So, uh, and then I'm taking into account what is going on in George Lucas's life mm-hmm. in recent years, which is he is trying to get a museum built. Yeah. And what is stopping him? Yeah. It, it, the organizations of city governments, mm. the organizations of uh, uh, basically rich people yeah. who kept blocking museums in different cities because even though he kept saying, it is a museum about narrative storytelling to excite children. Everything I'm doing <laughs> is for 12 years old. Mm. Just rich people, and that's yeah. what it comes down to, rich people sitting on various boards said to George Lucas, like, we don't want your little space movie museum here. <laughs> yep. And it is this judgmental thing that he yep. would want to be the rebel and fight back against. Right. So giving all those ideas, to me, I, I have a feeling that a part of episode nine is going to be that the point is the Jedi are back, but they are nomads. Mm. Yeah. That they are not in a rigid system. That Rey is going to wander the galaxy doing good. And if she finds someone who is force sensitive and she trusts them, she'll train them and then say... I'm not cutting off your braid. I'm not doing mm-hmm. any weird rituals. Yeah. I trust you. Go your own way. Be a human. Yeah. Or whatever alien or, species you are. Or a Zabrik. Yeah. Mm. Yep. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. I think there would have been two things going on. Uh, the Jedi would have reformed in a new way and not to repeat the sins of the old. Yeah. And then I think we would have had a, a guaranteed button ending of the First Order's destroyed. Yeah. Might have been Starkiller Base 2. And I don't even mean that as a slide on Jedi, but it just, I think we would have had, and we still, and I still think it will be there, but I think I think we'll have some sort of the bad guys are toppled. Because yeah. that's also part of George's beliefs and what he likes to put out there. Yeah, yeah, that there's no way that the, the evil stands. Jennifer, what are your thoughts? No, yeah, absolutely. The evil cannot stand and that you have control over your destiny. You have the, the choices, you know, to, to be a hero if you so choose. Um, and I, I kind of would think that he might want Ray to be not just a no one. I feel like mm. he would want her to be some of someone Im- important, of mm. some sort of special bloodline. I don't know. I, I just get that feeling. Do you think we might have got the straight Skywalker... Yeah. Storyline, yeah. Yeah, I mm. think so. I can I, see that, I, too. I, I think that that uh, goes, I don't know. The, I don't know why I have that thought. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's so fascinating because I think this is something where he is uh, conflicted. And I know different critics look at the storytelling of Star Wars and come to different conclusions, come to that. He's just, oh, he loves Dynasty he loves yeah. telling the story of, oh, the chosen one, the faded one. But if you look at it, like he's also like really making an effort to show you that Luke Skywalker comes from nothing. Right, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Anakin is a slave. Right, um, right. And also he tells the story in the prequel of all sorts of very powerful Jedi who have no 
lineage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I do agree with you that it's either Skywalker or maybe there is some element of prophecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To like maybe the prophecy of the not chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> right. But still some element, yes. uh, a little bit heavier hand on the, the fate, the destiny. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. she might have been born of the force to balance Anakin or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. And she still might be just two still, random yeah. drunks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, wow, we're drunks. We're we drunks. Uh, we have never had sex. Uh, yeah. Yet here's Ray. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, another question along these lines is what do you think he would have done with Leia? And obviously this is always it's going to be a hard conversation because yeah. in the real mm-hmm. world, we, we miss Carrie Fisher and in the real world that, you know, we know we would have got. Yeah. Leia's, each one of our big three would have had their film and nine would have been Leia's. I, I think, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Jennifer, I think it would have been somewhat similar to now because I love this idea of, of Leia's still a rebel, mm-hmm. always a rebel. And I think even though he introduced the idea of her being the other hope, I, I still don't think she would have been completely lightsaber wielding Jedi. Nope. You know? Yeah. No. I think I think something similar. Yeah, I don't think so. I even wonder if well, going back to mm-hmm. to the last Jedi, I don't even know if we would have gotten that moment that Ryan Johnson gave us where she uses the force. Oh uh, yeah. You know, the the, the summer dubbing the Mary Poppins uh, yeah. scene. I don't know if he would have if he would have given her that. Uh, and, and for no reason, not that he would take it away from her, no, just that I think just, he would have been like, no, this she is chosen for other things, galaxy exactly. governing, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And maybe we would have gotten that, more of the political side mm-hmm. of her character in the film. And that would have been exciting to see yeah. as well. Yeah. I wonder if uh, if she would use the Force, but just like you were saying, Jennifer, with Luke, that it would have been in a more straightforward way. Mm-hmm. That maybe she has yeah. trained a little bit, and like she chooses not to use it because yes. politically she believes that it, everyone should come to a group decision because that's her mm-hmm. her perspective. But maybe she gets to the point where she does just show, shove a walker over. I would yeah. love that because she has to. Like it'd be a little bit yeah. more straightforward like that. Yeah. There's a part of me also that uh, there's something really pulpy about that that maybe he would have been attracted to that in order to give the the final film in this uh, saga a, a Skywalker button that mm-hmm. she would have become the queen of the galaxy. Uh, she is truly in oh, charge of the yeah. Not only is she uh, a noble diplomatic politician, but she is also a rebel, a humanist, and she can throw things with her hand. Yeah. Mm. Your magic queen of the galaxy. Oh, you actually, I love you, you, that. Your mind went to my... I had a vision in my mind. I was yeah. going to try to say it here of her like on some sort of throne. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Not, like not, that's the final yeah, shot. Yeah. Oh, her her, her uh, ruling the galaxy in, oh. a, in a nice way. Would have been something there. Oh. Oh my gosh, I wish that could have happened. Yeah. I would have just loved to see George and Carrie on set. Can you imagine? Oh my, oh my fighting God. one more time. Yeah. That's been amazing. Yeah. George, I can't say this dialogue still. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what if I just use the force to call a drink to my hand? <laughs> just oh a little water. Gosh. Just a little water for Leia to sip. That'd be great. Mm. Uh, all right. So we, we talked a little bit about George Love and his poetry. And uh, obviously, he kind of finished his story of Vader, mm-hmm. of his, you know, his fall and his return to the light. How do you think Kylo's dark side journey would rhyme or not rhyme with Vader if this was all George's vision? I, I think this all would have ended up with a big redemption. Yep. Okay. I, I absolutely think. And and, I, and that's why I still think it might happen, mm-hmm. yeah. even though I'm on the side of I think Kylo shouldn't be redeemed. Mm-hmm. Um I still think it's Star Wars. It's a Star Wars story, and that's the core. That's part of what George wants to teach. You can make some bad choices. You must be held responsible for those choices. They could lead you to dark places. But 
you have the ability to redeem yourself. Yeah. To do something good. And I think it would have it would have been echoed in in that Kylo Ren story. Yeah. And it still might. It still might. I, I, with the interviews that I've seen with George, he's always talking about the the redemption, the redemption. He believes very strongly in that. So he would have absolutely had Kylo Ren be able to be redeemed in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, exactly. Yes, we make these bad choices, but right. that, you know, if you decide to change your ways, you should be able to be, in some sense, forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it makes me wonder if there still will be, like a, I've mentioned before, like redemption with a twist. Mm. That yeah. uh, obviously Vader's story, he does one real good thing. It's real good that he kills a Palpatine and that he saves right. his son uh, and helps save the galaxy by doing it. But then he's left off the hook because uh, he never has to go to Leia and go like, yeah, yeah I'm real, real sorry. Yeah. Um, so the idea of somehow Kylo not being able to escape what he did, either mm. by right. redeeming and living or redeeming in, in some weird force thing where he has to live in a in a you know glass house of what he did you know <laughs> Jedi purgatory yeah yeah and I, I also just wonder if since Lucas has had now this uh, long of a life as a father yeah if this story of these characters that he created being betrayed by their own children mm-hmm. if that would have you know made mm-hmm. him create an even darker story because yeah. he says he, he he this is the man who says this is for 12 year olds i know right. i know anakin was one you related to but uh, now he's uh, burning on a bed of fire right um right he, he's willing to go to some dark places would kylo have been darker yeah that's a great question potentially yeah i think potentially would especially if, if kylo was worshiping vader if they had kept that theme going yeah you mm. know might have been a little more tighter yeah he, he might have been on endor Staring at the ashes of Vader. You know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. And it, you know, it also occurred to me that if he didn't think of Kylo as as a, a child, but maybe thought of Kylo more as a fan, if he took yeah. it in that direction, right? That maybe he'd work some issues out with people who yeah. look at his movies and disagree with them. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wow. <laughs> that basically Kylo would sort of be like person who's really mad about the special editions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That'd be oh fascinating. Oh my gosh. Uh, I also wanted to ask about attachment. So obviously, well, it's forbid. So it's forbid. Yeah. yeah. So George, keep just keep that. <laughs> just a reminder. Uh, obviously, the prequels. That's a huge deal. It's yeah. Really thought of. Yeah. I, and then it, it works so well with the original trilogy where Luke does win because of attachment and because of compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that George meant to highlight that by highlighting the absence. Yeah. By highlighting the negative of the attachment that which then for therefore highlight the attachment that already exists in the original trilogy. So do you think he would make a comment on that, that we might even still see in episode nine? Yeah, I, I think it would have been the final, the final lesson. Cause the first one is kind of uh, the lessons of, of where attachment can lead you yeah. uh, to the dark places and the original trilogies. Uh, never is about the attachment of not giving up. Yeah. And so we see that played with an eight particularly, and I love the way it's played with. Um, but I, there's something Luke, Luke and Leia in eight are not attached to Kylo. I mean, they are, but you know, they're like, they, they're able to let him go into the darkness Yeah, because it's, so I think there would have been some kind of final comment on it for sure. Mm. Uh, but, but it, coming down on the side of you can, you can allow attachment into your training. It's not bad, you know, finding the right way. Oh yeah. I like that a lot, Jennifer. Mm, right. 
that's that's a that's I do think that I mean because he loves also the themes of friendship and 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 mm-hmm. loyalty and things like that and so I think he would show the balance of good attachment. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. it's important to have attachment. You know you you that's how that's how you can succeed when you all come together. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. and maybe that's where Kylo Ren's attachment to I don't know his to his grand his grandfather this this idea of what he thought he was or maybe Kylo Ren's attachment to the Knights of Ren. I don't think that that was George's idea, though, the Knights of Ren. No. But not that we know of, yeah. Not that we know of. But yeah, yeah maybe yeah. he would have shown like the both the duality of that, the good yeah. and the bad. Yeah, I wonder if it would almost have ended up being sort of an essay on attachment is there. It has to happen. Mm-hmm. You, you yeah. can't have a galaxy without it. So yeah. it's not so much, we can't ever forbid it like the Jedi did. That was, you know, a, an invitation you to problems. You have to allow for it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and in a way, I think that is what Ryan Johnson's great theme ended up doing in episode yeah. eight with Save What You Love. Right. Of yeah. Like, you know, don't be selfish about attachment. Right. right. Be helpful with it. Uh what questions do you think that fans haven't asked to be answered do you think George Lucas might have answered, thereby <laughs> angering fans? <laughs> I had to ask since that's so often the I, criticism of George. Yeah, oh. I think we would have gone back to Bright Tree Village and seen <laughs> Wicket. I think there might have been a battle on Endor. Okay, an uh, actual search, battle on searching Endor. Searching for Vader relics or something and, and uh, <sighs> Chief Wicket. Oh. We would have seen his story. Oh, like Wicket is the one who gave the helmet to Kylo. Oh, yes. Like we need to know yes. that detail. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, or lost it in battle. Yeah. You know? Something uh, like that. Yeah. My serious answer is I think that there would be more force ghosts because I think yeah. he would, hmm. since he didn't get to finish telling that story fully in the the uh, prequels, right. and then he did much more with it in the Clone Wars, but maybe right. he still wanted to show it on screen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that. And a little bit of a joke answer of like, it would be amazing if he tried to go back and make it make sense that Luke and Leia kissed. Oh like if gosh. he was like, I'm going to patch that over. Gonna work on Fans that have always questioned that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain why it's totally normal. And yeah. it's, people kiss more like that in the Star Wars galaxy. It's much looser with it. It's much more easy going with yeah. their kisses. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. so good. I think he would have maybe just shown a little bit of Jar Jar somewhere. Just uh, oh. not a question. <laughs> I think he just would have had Jar Jar somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, speaking of redemption. Yeah. He would want redemption for Jar Jar. Yeah, sure. many of us Almost do. like a little poke at fans. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, final question in this topic. So we talk about George Lucas is the kind of original rebel because he really did go his own way and make Star Wars happen in a non-traditional way. How would he have broken all expectations? Because he can't be pinned down. Mm-hmm. As much as you can guess, mm-hmm. the the creator always surprises us. Just in episode nine itself or all the trilogy? Uh, the the whole trilogy. Uh, the whole yeah. trilogy. I, I think he would have uh, broken our expectations and again, letting the main character step aside for a new generation sooner and more, even more um, clearly than even it is now. And I think yeah. he would have been like, but George, it's the big three. And he would have been like, that's not the story. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Kira and Bob Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think he, I'm sorry. No, no, go I, for it. I think he would have gone even weirder than I could ever imagine. Mm. And I think it would have been really kind of Fun. I don't know. I th- I think it is at his age and where he is, and I I just think that he could do a lot of amazing things. 
Wars <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because he is such a rebel. Yeah, and I think that spirit of Star Wars uh, that I always go on about of that cocktail of the uh, the new and the old, that's really in him, and I think that's what makes him hard to predict because sometimes mm-hmm. he's like, I already have this old thing, and that's the way it always is, and that's the way I yeah. want to do it. That's what a Star Destroyer always looks like. Right. And then sometimes the new takes over, and he's like, no, not another desert planet. Yes. It's got to be, you know, a, a mountain planet that uh, shoots water out of the top of the mountains right. at all times. <laughs> like, just utterly surprisingly weird. Uh, more pulp stuff. And I think, uh, uh, to give him a little credit as he grows older, I think it would have had even more focus on morality. Yeah. Mm. Even more wrestling with knowing that he's telling the story of this is the third generation where this has happened, mm-hmm. where somehow we can't find the balance. Yeah. And ev- this time it's even more personal because it is the son of our heroes. And I think he would have really had a lot of uh, life lessons for the 12 year olds yeah. and all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And these uh, 
yeah, the governments and the failings of these big organizations, which you talk about often. Yeah, he would have he would have dealt with that. This would have been in, these are interesting times yeah. to not have George Lucas comment on him. Yeah, on mm. and I can't wait for whenever random moment that J.J. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abrams just randomly drops like. Oh yeah, this part that George did. Yeah, that's we're totally. Uh, yeah, we're, we're totally doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Kylo is imprisoned on Starkiller Base Two to think about his <laughs> sins forever. Yeah, that was right in George's draft. It was in George's draft. Yeah, Mortis Two. Mortis Two. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you uh, for uh, for indulging me. I'm yeah. so excited to talk uh, deeper about good old George Lucas. George's mm-hmm. fingerprints will always be on Star Wars. The essence is there, but it's nice to know that he's actually leaving some fingerprints. Yeah. On what we're watching now. That's right. And if you guys out there have some thoughts, use the hashtag Force Center and join that conversation. We talk often about the Star Wars stories here that are in new books. So that's why for you, we're uh, working with Audible and offering you a free audio book download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service and all their Star Wars books. Our official Force Center recommendation is not canon. It's Legends. (laughs) Star Wars Darth Plagueis by James Lucino. Yeah, it is so great. It is uh, one of the uh, non-canon books that I've made a point to read because it is uh, just so such great writing about the Sith and so much great writing about going deep into the pol- political realities that created the Phantom Menace. And even though this book is legends officially, Jennifer... If you're looking to become a prequelist like we are, you could read this book and maybe get a newfound perspective on The Phantom Menace and the events surrounding that movie. Okay, I'm interested. I just want to hear if it's a a British person that speaks like this and says the whole book like this. (laughs) I think so. I think for sure. And you get, you would have to hear, listening to this audiobook, I would imagine uh, a good impression of the voice of young Palpatine, because we meet meet young Palpatine. Young Palpatine, not named Sheev. Oh my god! Like a young Mr. Burns. But anyways, (laughs) try that out. We're recommending Darth Plagueis by James Lucino. You can download your free audiobook today at Audible audibletrial.com slash force center again that is audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook and 30-day trial we always like taking questions from you guys out there from facebook twitter and always on patreon today is no different joseph um i'm gonna uh, ask these ones to you we like yeah. we like flipping the ball we around. flip it around and we got some big meaty questions here. All That's right. right. So if you guys need to take notes, <laughs> go for it here. This is from Facebook. It is Jeff Wasson on Facebook. He says, with the introduction of BB-8 in the sequel trilogy films, we have seen diminished roles for both C-3PO and R2-D2 in the original trilogy. They were closely connected with Luke, Leia, and Han. Good point. Now that those characters are gone, moving forward, do you think we'll see them establishing close connections to the newer characters, such as Ray, Finn, Power, Rose? If so, who do you think they might get paired with up in future films? Let's talk droids, Jennifer, mm. and the future of our old favorites. That's a great question. I, I think I think R2 will will show up again. I think it's just a matter of logistics. Thinking about, you know, Sir Anthony Daniels. He is right. a sir, right? No, maybe he's not. Sir <laughs> Anthony Daniels? I'm thinking I Sir Anthony Hopkins. It's, it's sound, it sounds right. <laughs> he yes, needs I, to be. I'm sure he <laughs> calls himself Sir Anthony. I knighted yeah. him. Uh, yeah, Anthony Daniels. Think about how he, you know, he is getting older. And so thinking yeah. about, you know, 20 years from now or whatever. And mm. I mean, obviously they did it with uh, Chewbacca. So they could certainly do it with C-3PO. But... I don't know. May, I think that we're going to get new droids 
all around. Mm-hmm. I really believe Interesting. that. New Interesting. They've been very good at introducing new droids, including K2SO, and we got some uh, droids and a particular droid coming up in Solo that we're going to be paying attention yes. to and maybe a new favorite. BB-8 worked. BB-8 yeah. was a risk. You needed this new droid, but it could have been too precocious, too beep-beep-annoying, but it worked, Joseph. Yeah, BB-8 it, killed literally yeah. in episode yeah. eight. <laughs> literally in episode eight. So what do you think, though, about the old droids versus the new, and who would they connect with? Yeah, I think that there was, in, in Last Jedi, some nice connection between uh, Poe and C-3PO. So I think if the story goes in the general direction where we're seeing Poe be the, the official leader of the Resistance slash Rebellion, I, I see him being kind of paired with 3PO. Yeah. I kind of want to see some quality time between 3PO and R2. Yes. And mm. I would be thrilled if one of the end beats was they're kind of done serving other people and they basically go off on their own. <gasps> Because oh I can gosh, see, I, I can see R two being like, "Hey, I was bound to Anakin. Yeah. I was bound to Luke. Hey, you're cool, Ray, but you got BB eight. Yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna be R two. I'm just gonna do my own thing. I'm going solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like the Ringo star of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I love that. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, I think they did such a good job with BB eight. Such a good that I don't, I don't have a need for more of three PO and R two, which is a surprise for me to say. Yeah, now R 2s his moments, particularly, you know, mostly in Last Jedi, are great. When he yeah. comes to when he comes to play, he's still there. And I think three PO's great in the Last Jedi. I I'm just okay with the idea that they're slowly moving on as well. Whether or not they go into another little adventure, that's fine. I think three PO and uh, Poe connect really well. Yeah. I, but I, uh, BB-8 is without a doubt still Poe. So uh. I think there's some room for R2 and Ray uh, and R2 to kind of be like, hey, I know a lot of stuff. No one wiped my memory. I'll help you. <laughs> right. Help she doesn't you. have to search the galaxy for yeah. Jedi history. R2 can just play it for her. Absolutely. Uh, one last thing. The, the new fans, like mm-hmm. my daughter, is she only knows really BB-8. Right. So when she saw R2, she called him BB-8. I was like, no, that's R2-D2. So, you know, oh. the younger fans. Sleep outside tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're they're hip with the new ones. All right. This is a great question here. Thanks, you, Jeff, for that one. This one's from Lisa Godfrey on Facebook. The last time Ray saw her parents is when they left her on Jakku and flew away. Kylo said he saw the truth about her parents when he was connected to her mind. She doesn't know what happened to her parents after they abandoned her. She was waiting for them in to return for her in The Force Awakens. How could Kylo say they were in their graves on Jakku when it's a memory Rey did not have? Also, where did she come from? If she was originally from Jakku, which it does not seem like she was, wouldn't she have had made her way back home? And if she was uh, from another planet, why did her parents come back to Jakku to die? I mean, maybe there's some truth in what Kylo said, but I think there's much more to her and her story, and I don't think her parents are dead. Curious to know if anyone else has thoughts on this. All right, Lisa, this is a well-thought-out wow. statement, yeah. question, Great. thought, speculation, all rolled into one. And it, it it exposes some little wrinkles to the surface answer that we've got in The Last Jedi, Joseph. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, to me, the idea is that when they are connecting, they are seeing visions through the Force. So mm-hmm. it's not that they are, you know, Rey is seeing something that's going to happen in the future. Yeah. Kylo is convinced he sees a story around Rey, so not actually reading her mind, yeah. I think. So I do think there is still room to tell more story there. My instinct is that the spirit of what Kylo saw was true. Yeah. That mm-hmm. her parents were not great parents and that maybe they lied to her or maybe Ray as a kid made it up that they were mm-hmm. going to come back. And, uh, you know, I like to believe that they just, that they were flying away in that vision because they were just flying to the next town over. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Could be, yeah. 
Could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the spirit of the answer is true, Jennifer. Yeah. Um, but your thoughts here, because there's there's a lot to this. There's a lot to this. You make some great points, Lisa. Um, I think it's also about what does she want to admit to herself? You know, yeah. this these could be the memories that she's held on to because she wants to suppress the bad, quote unquote, bad memories that she doesn't want to face. Mm-hmm. So this is only what we've got right now but hopefully in eight we'll get more because gosh i didn't even think about all this 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 is not originally her home planet Mm -hmm. and all these things yeah you gotta fill in those blanks i think the not her home planet is uh is one of the most compelling questions in this series of compelling questions uh because that's great dramatic fodder for episode nine or Mm -hmm. you know for a book that you know ray's busy being a jedi and fighting the good fight and she goes to a planet that she suddenly has these very deep memories of and realizes this was home before Jakku, because yeah. maybe she just doesn't remember. Right. Yeah, she was born on Mortis. No, there's some good <laughs> stuff here. I think I think I, I I would side with you on this if if it was to turn into a full fledged debate here. I'd side with you, Joseph. That I I don't think it's a straight mind reading. It is a connection. There is much like Ray's vision, Force Awakens, seeing things that she didn't experience and maybe won't experience. Maybe things in the past. Maybe things she wasn't there for. Maybe things that will or won't happen in the future. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I still right. think that is okay as is probable. And then I go to Maz Kanata telling her, "You kind of saying, look, girl, you know, right. you know yeah. the answer. You know what's out there." Um, so maybe Kylo, who is a little more experienced in the Force and therefore a little more able to tap into it than Ray, maybe he, he was able to pick out more information. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, oh. I like that a lot. Um, but, uh, the question of Jakku is interesting. I think we could discuss this more at another time because I, I, I don't know if Ray was from Jakku. The answer in eight from Kylo would make you think she was. Yeah. Um, but Jakku, and I get it. It's sometimes, you know, did JJ establish something that gets tossed aside? All those kind of bigger questions. You got Gallius Rex on Jakku. You got an Imperial Observatory on Jakku. Yeah. It seems to be a jumping off point to the unknown regions. And why is Ray there, the biggest, most powerful force uni- universe, uh, user in, in the history of the universe? Mm. I would like maybe to think that we could get an answer for that. But yeah. I, I wonder if we ever will. Yeah. Clearly, the midi uh put on a great drink sale and drew her yeah. parents to <laughs> Jakku. Absolutely. Uh, we always like to take two questions from Patreon. So thanks to Lisa and Jeff for reaching out to us on Facebook, but on Patreon, our supporter, Tim Van Nuland said uh, and asked, uh, hey, we didn't get an opening crawl with Rogue One and probably won't get one with Solo. Do you guys th- uh, do you guys think we'll get opening crawls for Ryan Johnson's trilogy and the Dan and Dave series of films? If those films don't have the crawl, we'll probably be we'll probably have to wait a long time to see one again, probably in the far future when the saga films return. Opening crawls. Rogue One, they they made that decision. I'm okay with it. I still kind of miss it. Yeah. Solo, we haven't got that official word yet, right? Yeah. I don't think, unless I'm wrong. Talk about crawls going forward. Yeah. I don't think there will be one in Solo, because I think they established it with Rogue One, so I think that would be weird. I think since Ryan Johnson is trying to do a new trilogy that's the heart of Star Wars, I think there will be a version of the crawl. Right. I think maybe it'll be the straight-up crawl, or I would be happier with it is the spirit of the crawl. And, you know, you go back to the Clone Wars animated series. Mm-hmm. It's got that great old newsreel vibe. Yeah. Like, yes. you know, uh, newsreels from the from World War Two. Right. And it's just kind of a different version of the crawl. Yeah. But it's got some of the ca- same cadence sometimes of like conflict. The conflict. Jedi are doing this thing. So yeah. I would mm-hmm. love to see 
Tom. some other way to do the same thing as the crawl, but in a new way. Tom Kane doing yeah. that there, Yoda as well. Mm. Crawls, Jennifer? Yeah, I, I'm envisioning myself at home watching this new Star Wars film only available on the streaming service <laughs> and seeing that crawl come up. Uh, that would be pretty special, I yeah. think, where I, I kind of I need that, that nostalgia. I, oh, yeah, okay. I, I get where you're, what you're saying, Joseph, and I think that would work in some way. Maybe it's a paragraph. Maybe it's not a crawl. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's like, you know, 600 years before the Battle of Yavin, this, the, you know, this happened, blah, blah, blah. Some kind of version might work going yeah. forward. But I still think it's a part of Star Wars, and people still overall miss it. Um, so I, I, hope it, I hope it's not just in the saga films. Yeah. I, I, think, I think Ryan's trilogy, if it establishes a new era, would need something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Great question, Tim. Nathan Furtado says, it's time to put on the Sith robes. (laughs) Let's say you are brought on to make a Star Wars film. What would you do to make the most controversial Star Wars film ever? Oh, my gosh. It's such a dark, evil question. Oh, there's Mm -hmm. so many answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This cuts against the grain because I want to make an audience happy, not... Mm -hmm. Deeply, deeply offend them. But if that was my goal right. as a Sith filmmaker, I would do an elaborate retcon to prove that Luke and Han were siblings as well. <laughs> because it's utterly unnecessary, makes little sense, and would just oh annoy gosh. the hell out of almost everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jennifer? Oh, you guys know. Well, I would, of course, I could do a whole movie uh, with the Ewoks with, with no subtitles. Uh, that'd be <laughs> amazing. But one I would really want, really want to do would be a Star Wars musical, and nobody <laughs> would like it. Oh <laughs> yeah, except for me. I don't know. You get a sleepy time bantha in there, yeah. it might be all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have new, new characters who are singers, there's a lot of singing in Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. I can get my, my new favorite from Solo, was, uh, the name I'm calling him is Vat Weirdo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> little, right. little guy floating in there. Vat Von Weirdo. <laughs> um, uh, for me, the most controversial Star Wars film I could make would be, um, like... I don't know. Like, I want to go back to maybe we get a Darth Plagueis movie. Oh, but yeah. But we throw out Lucino's great book. And Plagueis, <laughs> Plagueis created Anakin, created uh, Leia, and then cloned himself into the Emperor. And oh. we just take it down this horrible sci-fi thing where it just, he, you tell the whole story like the original trilogy, but it's all like through... Plagueis's machinations yeah. and oh just every, nothing mattered. And there's just like a PowerPoint presentation to explain yeah. it all. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Darth Plagueis the Wise. Such a dark question. Well, thank you, Nathan and Tim, for asking those questions and for supporting us on Patreon. Guys, you can reach out to us many different ways, including on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center on Facebook. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Force Center. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Get that I heart murder bear shirt. I just got a new laptop. I have to uh, get myself a, a new prequel, a sticker. <laughs> Excited to do that. Podcast is available uh, a lot of places, including Podomatic, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. 
But guys, I really want to focus back on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, because Joseph, we want some ratings and reviews to help us with those mystery algorithms. That is right. You can go to uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and you can just click those stars. Uh, it's the opposite of Star Wars. It's sort of star love. Uh, and just give us a quick rating. Or please, if you have thoughts on the show, write a nice little review, and it really, really helps us. We've been doing great. Uh, as we're recording, we've been doing really, really great staying in the top 200 of TV and film podcasts on iTunes, and it helps us out a ton. Lots more discovery if we stay there, and ratings and reviews is the biggest thing that impacts that. Absolutely. We have a lot of grand ideas for the Force Center brand going forward, so we need to uh, grow bigger, and you guys have already done an amazing, amazing thing helping us get this far. we got some big goals. You'll be hearing more about it, and your support in these little ways goes a long way. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa. And my new show, my new Four Center show is coming soon. My solo show, not about solo. (laughs) But maybe it might be. We'll see. (laughs) Joseph? Yeah, you can find me all over the place. The place mostly being the internet. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, You can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com. That has info about upcoming live shows, convention appearances, links to my comedy albums. You can buy Rebel Scum if you want to hear some Star Wars comedy from me. And, of course, you can check out my other podcast, Obsessed, where I talk to people about things they are very obsessed with. A bunch of fun episodes coming out. Got one about cats and dogs. <laughs> People are really obsessed with cats and dogs. They mm-hmm. are, as they should be. Follow me at CatNapsLock. That includes Twitch, where I pew, pew, pew. My way around Battlefront 2. You can come on talk live with me about anything. Most of the time, though, it does turn back to Star Wars. Guys, that is it. So for the Ewoks that will one day get their own movie for Jennifer, for Jar Jar's return, and the creator himself, George Lucas. We'll see you guys all next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.